Hello and welcome to the Property Roundup here on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we chat to industry experts to get a view on activity on the ground and to learn about new trends emerging. This show is sponsored by DAF.ie, Ireland's most visited property website. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by returning guest, Patrick Folan, Director at I Am Sold Bidding Platform. Patrick, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning, Carol. How are you? A good, good. Patrick, I, am, I I always love when we get to do our check-ins with I Am Sold because I really feel like we've we've seen so much of the company's growth. So uh, just for people who might not be familiar, you might just describe the work that the team at I Am Sold are doing. Sure. Um, and thanks for having me as well. Um, as you know, we work with lots of different agents around the country. So we work with about 300 different auctioneers between Ireland and Northern Ireland. So based in Galway. Uh, we have an office in Belfast as well. And uh, our main focus these days, it's changed over the years, as you say, but our probably main focus, well, we started with online auctions and that is our core business. The main benefits have probably changed. Um, Timeframes is what's become important to agents and their clients. And that's where we've been able to help. So I suppose our main focus has been reducing the time it takes for properties to transact. Um, so we have it down to roughly about six weeks to sell a property and six weeks to close. Uh, the closing being the, the area where we can really, I suppose, add value. Um, so if if someone sales agree, sale agrees a property via the private treaty approach, um, on average in Ireland, it's taking about four to six months to close the sale from there, including uh, rural and, and urban properties. Um, so with ourselves, it's on average about six weeks to, to sell contract signed straight away no risk of it falling through or very very little risk of it falling through and um and it's a faster sales approach i suppose so certain clients will want a faster sales approach for for whatever reason it might mean they have started a job in london and they're moving in january and they don't want you know they don't want this hanging over them while while the move is is happening or other ones might be you might have a an issue with a property whereby there's uh, no septic tank or the septic tank is outside of the boundary and the, the client might just want a secure process. So it's it's all walks of life, all types of properties, but we're here as a, as a platform for agents when they need us. And um, that's, that's quite an interesting progression as well, because look, in terms of cutting down the, the time it takes to, uh, I suppose, really the, the conveyance side of a property, we know that that's extremely valuable. I think you know, outside of the auction process, one of the things that has really held Ireland back, and certainly I've been complaining about it quite vocally for about 15 years, but our dual deposit system, you know, our book deposit and our contract deposit, nobody wins. Like, yeah. genuinely nobody wins. And the longer a procedure takes, and I know this from kind of 20 years ago, back in the conveyancing side of it, the longer uh, a transaction takes to close, then the more likelihood of it, it's going to fall through. Um, yeah. And and that's that's been well borne out by the stats. Um, so in terms of taking the process from the traditional four to six months down to six weeks, is that all by preparing to go to auction, whether you actually go to auction or not? It's two prong, I suppose. But yes, the first step and the, and probably the, the, the most important step is getting everything together at an earlier stage, which isn't rocket science. It's, it's, a, it's a process that has to happen whatever way the property sells just with our process when we are instructed to sell a property we'll ask where the title leads we'll try and preempt it even before we're instructed if the title leads are with a bank go and draw them down uh, if they're about to kind of come on the market with ourselves um once we have the letters engagement back in we we have a section which says where's the the deeds 
who's your solicitor and we'll get straight on to the solicitors to advise them that we're going to auction with the property and we need the legal back um we'll start the process with people in the office whose their, their sole job is to follow up on that legal back not not harass but to um to try to make sure that this the necessary works are, are, are happening to get a legal pack in place um, and we have it down to this year around 21 days if, if we get the instruction letters today in 21 days we should have a full legal pack in place which is still longer than we'd like but it's actually very re reasonable in the in the um in the environment we're working in i suppose so getting the documents together earlier that will highlight issues if you have a bungalow in the country um nice family home there will be certificates of compliance there will be boundaries there will be bits and pieces in planning that maybe aren't available oh god we're you know we didn't realize we needed a retention or letter exemption for the extension so by preparing it earlier, you're also highlighting actually what, what are the issues that might crop up. And you can make decisions based on that. Usually we can work with them. Usually you can plow ahead to market with maybe, you know, some item to be provided on closing, such as a, uh, or before the bids are received, maybe such as a, a letter of exemption and an extension or something like that. So by, by getting to it earlier, you're number one, front loading the work, and number two, highlighting what the potential uh, problems might be um, and if you find out about them early in the process they don't become an issue whereas if you find out after they've been said agreed that's when it can be a, a bigger problem I suppose and um, so that that's step one and then step two is okay there's interested parties they're going to bid on the property their buyer or the, the buyer solicitor or the pro proposed buyer solicitor will review the legal pack prior to bidding and make sure they're happy with that they'll still raise queries as they would normally we just find when it's not sale agreed, when there's an impending date coming up, it does, I suppose, um, speed the process up. And we find that the buyer solicitor will raise the pertinent questions that they need to raise. We'll get them answered, ideally within a few days, not weeks. Um, and then they'll advise their clients whether they're happy or not. There could be a second set of questions, so that's fine. But it all happens within days and weeks, not months, I suppose. Um, and uh, and that's the big difference, I suppose, is that you're front-loading the legal pack and the buyer solicitor is also reviewing that before they're, they're, they're happy and advising their client to proceed. Uh, look, that, that's a really important message and it's one that maybe um, it's important from an auction point of view, but I know even on the private treaty uh, side that IPAV and others have done really good work in trying to tackle this issue. And we know we have the legal seller pack now, so... Uh, or the seller's legal pack now. So, you know, this is an important endeavor. But over the last seven, eight years, I've come across so many startups who've really tried to tackle this issue. And there's been quite resistance from the law society um, to streamline things. So it, it's good that that moves are being made. Um, but I, I, I suppose auctions have always had the perception of being able to do things quickly. But what I'm really interested in, not just my I'm sold, but auctions in general, um, the the profile of properties that have, that are coming through auction has really changed as well. So talk to us a little bit about you know the type of property that say you you have an upcoming auction now on the fourteenth of December. Well, what kind of profile of seller and property are we likely to see included there? Sure, yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll be delighted to get our last auction of the year um out of the way in in on the fourteenth. Um, it's been a busy year. Um, in terms of the profile, it really has changed in the last few years. Historically, going back pre-boom uh, and into boom, um, the trophy homes, the 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 high value homes would have been auctioned, and, and an element of 
house on land, you know, that agricultural side of things would have been auctioned as well. And that they were the, the main segments of the market that, that were auctioned, the odd probate maybe as well. Then fast forward to um, post um, boom crash period, it became the distressed homes, it became all of the the, the the properties that maybe the banks were involved in. And, and, and I suppose auction almost flipped on its head to being the, the less attractive of the, the property profile that, that were being auctioned. Since I suppose the last 10 or 15 years, we're in business around 11 years now, um, we have been trying and, 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 and somewhat successful in, in dealing with all types of properties. Um, so the profile, if you go onto our website at any, at any one time, we'll have the trophy homes, we'll have the, 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 the doer uppers in the, in the country that needs full renovation, but we'll also have a good segment of the middle of the market, normal family homes. Why that is? We are flexible in terms of selling prior to auction as well as going to auction. And that does suit a big segment of the market. So if there is um, a nice family home and a mortgage buyer comes to us and they said, look, I want to buy this property before, you know, but I can't maybe bid under auction because I won't be able to decide in 10 seconds or 15 seconds whether I can increase. Um, I won't have that decision making in that time. So we will get a sense from the owners what they take to sell today. Um, and if that buyer is at that level, we give them the legal pack. They'll go to the bank with it and their solicitor. They'll get all their ducks in a row. Can still take a few weeks. And, and unfortunately, with the banks there, I would have said maybe a couple of years ago, it could take two or three weeks to get probably everything lined up that they'd be the they'd be signing contracts on the property. Now it could be anything from one or two in a cash buyer, but a mortgage buyer could be four to six. Um, so it's taking longer with some of the banks. So we're having to try to manage that, I suppose, process as well and explain to the vendors that, look, this is the timeframes we're, we're dealing with here with this party. But quite often, the, the owners are, if providing they're happy with the level, they'll give the go-ahead at 500,000 or 400,000 or whatever that the, the offer level is. Um, but the property doesn't come off the market until they put their definite bid in. So we're not taking a booking deposit as you would private treaty. It stays on the market. So it does give the vendor comfort that, okay, we're not putting all our eggs in this basket. But at the same time, they're giving them to go ahead that that they will um, do the deal with them at the level once their mortgage is, 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 is finalized on the house and once their solicitor is happy with the legal pack. So because of that, because of that flexibility, we're able to deal with a different segment of buyers and therefore a different segment of uh, property types, I suppose. Um. Would you have any idea off the top of your head what proportion of deals would be sale agreed in advance um, prior to the auction date? So we're well above 50% now. We're probably tracking towards 60 plus percent this year um, wow. overall and, and growing, I suppose. So it's, um, it's, uh, it's a big percentage of the market. I think auctions can really suit where there's loads of people bidding and the, 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 the activity is high, um, the online auction does work well, particularly if you have the right type of buyer for the right type of property. Um, what we're seeing this year is our inquiry levels are up 50% on last year and our stock is almost identical. So it's not a, an increase in stock um, skewing the figures. Uh, inquiry levels are, are, are over 50% up, but bid levels are well down, as in, not everyone is bidding and when they're bidding they're not bidding as much if that makes sense so where we might have seen last year six or seven people bidding regularly this year there might be six or seven people interested but the first couple of bids come on and the rest rule it out they don't they're not they're not bidding up to those premium levels that, that we were seeing, seeing last year so quite often you're dealing with one or two that are serious bidders they want to buy the property but you're not seeing the same level of activity so for that reason you'll naturally 
see less properties going to auction where there's six people bidding and uh, the vendors are more more likely to do it maybe accept a bid prior to going to auction because they're happy with their maybe their their one or two bids that have come in and they're at the right level um that's a really interesting dynamic and you know i mentioned to you off air that you know i'd been looking at a property and they just never got around to, and, and there yeah. is something almost psychologically about the auction process and you know obviously uh in in a previous life i was involved heavily in buying properties auction so it's not that the the process would phase me it just seems like a lot of work <laughs> Do you yeah. know and, and and i know that's not the case but i think it's interesting to see inquiries up bids down and you touched on it really in your earlier point there about you know the huge percentage of sales that are being done in advance of the auction day um is this coming down to the profile of buyers and those buyers tend to be first-time buyers or mortgaged home buyers and the fact that even though every mortgage company will say they support bidders at auction they really on the ground at a practical sense don't there's still too much risk and um, so does um the level of inquiries up the bids down the deals that have been done in advance does that tally with people needing to depend on a mortgage and wanting the security of not doing it through an auction process. There's definitely an element of that, yeah. Um, the the types of properties we're dealing with are becoming more and more your family homes. The cash buyers out there, the guys that are looking for value, there's not as many of them out there anymore. There's still plenty, but they're, they're not as... They're, they're not as plentiful as they would have been. The, the sort of properties where they would have been buying maybe, you know, a bit of value. There's not actually, you know, there's, there's not many good value properties that are, you know, seem to be just excellent value for money. You know, the market has done quite well over the last few years, particularly in, you know, I suppose 2020, there was a jump 2021, it done quite well. And the, the market now is at a level where a lot of the buying pool are your normal homeowners business owners you know maybe one-off investor type type characters there's not loads of cash investment pumped into the, the market right now so yeah your, your buyer profile is slightly different than it would have been and, and and our business is probably dealing with maybe more and more family homes as well and that's 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 impacting on that that the way the method of, of, of i suppose how that the property is sold in the end um, I'm curious then, does that tally with what we're seeing in terms of landlords, private landlords exiting the market? Because, you know, traditionally it would have been buy to let investors who were bidding and they would have presented as cash buyers, even if they were leveraging the properties immediately afterward. They, they would have presented at auction as cash buyers. Um, you know, do you have any stats in terms of, say, buy to let landlords who are bringing their property to auction, but not? replacing those properties so you essentially have home buyers buying the previous buy to let and no significant level of new in landlords coming into the market sure I, I don't have stats but i have some probably feedback on it um we're definitely seeing your homes your your your, your not apartments uh, but let's take three bedroom semis that might have been uh buy to let they're not at a level Generally, they're making prices that are stronger than 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 investor would buy anyway. So most of that segment of the market, your homes, your your well, sorry, your 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 bungalows, your three bedroom semis, your your state houses, they are generally going to homeowners. Um, then the, the the types of properties that have been sold to landlords, there's still some of them out there, and there's still parts of the country there's still a bit of value. Uh, you know, you go into the Midlands, you go into uh, different counties, you can still you can still find you know reasonably priced properties uh, but mainly it's apartments um 
or something maybe subdivided. We'd be we'd be dealing with pre sixty three type properties in Dublin more so than than anywhere else. Apartments, um, maybe a location that for some reason isn't attractive to homeowners. Maybe it's mm-hmm. it's a you know in a bigger built up area and there's lots of blocks of apartments around. Maybe you know that maybe the investor might come in there. But but the normal segment, the normal houses, the normal estate homes, they they are uh, going to homeowners largely and they're not being replaced by by landlords um the regulation obviously um around um being a landlord has become quite unattractive particularly with your one and two you know i suppose your larger investors they can work through that 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 red tape i suppose whereas your your one-off investor where i suppose you have to now register the tenants every single year you have to obviously go through the rent uh pressure zones where you can't increase only a very small amount per year and a lot of those landlords if they were charging quite a reasonable rent say you know 10 years ago they started charging and they never put the rent up they can't put the rent up very much now mm-hmm. so in fact if they were charging a very low rent the tenant leaves and they say, okay, well, what will we do? Will we hold on to this and get a, a continue to get maybe quite a poor rent? Um, that's maybe half of market value, maybe less. Um, and we can't put that up. Um, or will we sell? And the, most of them will sell because it's not worth their while holding on to it. By the time you pay your tax on, on income, by the time you pay your 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 insurance, um, if they're on a low rent anyways, and particularly if they're on a tracker mortgage or they're on a, a variable mortgage. The interest rates are gone so high it doesn't actually they have to put their hand in their pocket every month to to hold on to that property that's making them a poor income there's very little you know attractive there's very little incentive for them to stay in the stay, stay in as a landlord um you know that that is such a recurring theme on the show here and only in recent weeks um you know i i've spoken to harry southern from rea and carlo and regina mangan uh from liberty blue in watford and you know, the same issues are coming up. Um, it is just not attractive for landlords. So this this seems to be a recurring issue and, and policy is definitely, despite all all of the 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 political commentary, policy is definitely not supporting the landlords that we need in the market. And you know, even as recently as in the last couple of weeks, you know, having the IMF talk about uh how rent caps are not doing the job they were supposed to do and actually um they are probably hindering the supply of new uh, new homes to to the rental market which is what we need to reduce the costs of the monthly rentals on consumers um there's just it, this lack of joined up thinking so i know it's something that we've covered a lot on the show and uh, you know i i i we we probably won't get into it today just because yeah. i know it's, it's it's something we've covered a lot but actually there's something that i was really keen to talk to you about and while i love always learning um about the growth of I am sold because I you know it's amazing to see the hub of innovation you have across your team there based out of Galway but I know serving kind of 300 plus agents right across Ireland we love seeing that kind of um regional innovation that's really impacting and improving the market across Ireland you're doing something even more now you were recently appointed as the chairperson for the consortium steering group um for the apprenticeship scheme for property which is crucially important to us so first of all talk to us a little bit about you know maybe explain for people who aren't familiar what is um you know what is the property apprenticeship scheme and how is it working yeah well thanks for that introduction and yeah i've been um i've been asked to to act as the the chairperson for the last couple of years now it's probably close to close to two years and it's a course or a, a program that started around six years ago a badly needed program as well 
Um, started in Dublin and Cork and the following year, about five years ago, they introduced the centre in, in Athenry and Galway. So the apprenticeship course is, um, it's open to um, people looking to become licensed in the sector. And just to give you a bit of background, and I'm sure most of the listeners will know, um, 20 years ago when I did my course, you didn't need actual license. You could become a, you could become a bonded auctioneer by paying a fee, and you didn't need a third level qualification. Um, then around 2012, um, they introduced a licensing um, where you, new new entrants into the property market needed to have a level six uh, certificate, third level certificate, which is a two year kind of course, generally speaking, um, and um, obviously. So from going from no need for um, uh, license or for, for qualifications to a, a need of a two year a two year uh, certificate course, there was a real vacuum within the industry as it started to open up from the the, the bust period um, where um, businesses were starting to do a, a level of business again. So probably towards 2014, 15, when things started to move again, there was a need for um, staff and new blood coming into the industry, but there was actually very few outlets or or, 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 or courses available to, to to get into the industry. So a lot of the people working in it had left the industry and were gone into different fields because the jobs they had had, had probably dried up and um, and there was no actually new graduates coming in. So um, we had been by uh, I, I, stu I studied my course in GMIT. We had been speaking with GMIT to see would they re re-established their course there but there didn't seem to be enough appetite um or enough confidence maybe in the in the sector at that stage um so it was a real issue becoming a bigger issue so the government in fairness to them have got this very right and uh, they've they've pushed the apprenticeship schemes across different industries and in the property sector it seems to be working really really well we're really happy with with the the the, the process i suppose so it's a two-year course where the apprentice spends one day a week either in the college or online, depending on the, 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 the modules on that day. Um, and the rest of the week is spent in the class or in the office, I should say, or in the business. So they're doing a lot of, of work probably outside of, of those hours with projects and presentations and things like that. But they're getting a really good grasp for the theory within the within the course um, and then the practical within the business. So at the end of the two years, they're actually fairly, fairly seasoned um, property personnel. Um, whereas I think when I came out of, of, of my four year full time degree in property, um, I had all my theory. I could value anything you, you, you like, but I couldn't speak to people in a way that was probably needed within the business. So, you, you know, you, you're really getting, I think, a nice blend of learning in and out of the, the classroom. And um, and thankfully, it's working really well. So I think we've 260 apprentices in place for this year between first year and second year between the, the Dublin uh, which is in the Baldbridge College uh, Cork um, and and the Galway the GRTB as well so so that's a, a brief uh, premise of the of the course and um, and delighted to be involved in it as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. You know, um, I, I really welcome the the push that the current government has made towards um, almost bringing back apprenticeships for all sorts of things, you know, from accountancy through to all the trades we need um, in construction. And it's something that, again, actually, we've spoken to TU Dublin um, about their apprenticeship model and the different schemes that are available there. And it's fantastic to see it working um and for property it's exactly what we want it's exactly what we want to see we want to welcome the next generation of talent and i think 
you've touched on something really important there. And, and it's good that you have the awareness to know, you know, that when you came out of college, yes, you had the technical training. But actually, when you get into the real world environment and you're dealing with people and people have a very um, deep connection to their properties and to their business premises and to their land um, that you know, it, it, sometimes it takes more than just the the valuation techniques. You also have to be able to communicate and bring the owner of a of a property along with you on the journey of valuing that. Uh, yeah. And at the end of the day, uh, property is absolutely a people skill. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the dynamic or the cohort of apprentices? Like two hundred and sixty people. That's a huge figure. So that's fant- fantastic to see across year one and year two of the apprenticeships. Um, it's a good uh, it's a good number to be coming into the industry. We want this next generation of talent. But, um, you know, do, can you share any insights in terms of the profile of people doing it? Are these nearly all school leavers? Are they coming in at mid or senior career level? Like, oh, you know, what kind of disciplines are they coming from? Sure. Um, and yeah, it, it has been interesting to follow that, actually, because I've, I've been involved for about four or five years now with the with the board, I suppose, and the, the steering group. And um I think when when the courses started, a lot of it was uh, I've been working with this auctioneers in administration for, you know, five years and I now want to become qualified. And I have, a, you know, we have someone within the office that would like to do that. A lot of it was that it was people already within the, the industry looking to become qualified. And that was great. It was great to get those people qualified and give them an opportunity, you know, while still working in the job. There were still there were still four days a week or whatever their working hours were within the role and then one day a week in the, in the course. So they weren't completely losing the connection with their employer. Mm-hmm. And that is important. Each apprentice needs to have an employer. They can't just come off their own back and to say, okay, I want to do the apprenticeship. They need to have an employer to 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 support them through those other days of the week, I suppose, where they're working and give them that practical knowledge, I suppose. So the first few years were very much higher, higher weighted towards the, currently in the industry but that's really changed now and i know i know a lot of school leavers are going straight in so now it's more more the younger uh, i suppose profile that that's coming through i know uh, dng do a very good um transition year um uh, module with different different uh, students and and schools around the country um so so the profile and the awareness of this apprenticeship for young school leavers is growing quite a lot so it's actually now weighted more towards um towards that to the younger generation um and i, I don't have the stats in front of me but I, I do know there's been a good um international um participation as well so i i think there's around europe there's been several countries every year with with um with uh students within the apprenticeship and and then around other parts of the world as well so it's not just a, a local a local um irish only um profile it's very much mixed and that's great to see and uh and it, it's nice to see the younger generations coming into it as well because at the end of the day that's what the industry needs in the coming years ahead is more and more younger people getting into the business to support existing businesses to start their own businesses and to do you know to do whatever they want within the industry very good and um with new people coming in whether they're coming in as young school leavers or people who've been in the industry for a number of years you know when you've new people coming in with a new focus it opens up the the avenues for innovation so across the apprenticeship model you know is there a focus on perhaps new or emerging business models for the business of property because the business of property globally is changing and i'm not sure how 
how responsive Ireland has been to some of those changes. And I don't just mean in terms of adopting emerging technologies, but I mean, look at I Am Sold. That was a different business model uh, for delivering property in Ireland. Is, is there much of a focus on that in the course? It's interesting. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for um, emerging technologies and staying up to date with, with how, what the market needs, I suppose. And that, that very much coming through on the CSG group, the Consortium Steering Group as well. So I suppose part of our role, and I suppose a big part of it is to steer the course the way we feel industry needs so we've really good industry experts so we've um representation from savills from sherry fitzgerald we've made hogan from the psra with pat david from ipab james longran longran from sesi so we've we've really good representation within the group and that that allows us to i suppose have fairly robust conversations around what the industry needs um through covid that was really interesting because how do we survive was it was more the it, the course was quite new at that at that stage and we, we we had to obviously go online and 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 then after covid we decided to stay you know maximum 40 percent online but still felt the need for 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 in-person classes and um, so the, the steering group is there to steer i suppose in the i suppose best way we can and part of that has been with the with the ict side of things and and the emerging technologies so we would do we would arrange generally on zoom with the three centers um one off training on different sides of the business with different people who might be um who might be experts in that in that area so we try to keep up to date with emerging technologies through through that normal course but also with maybe guest speakers coming in to, to to discuss so that's been quite useful and that's been quite interesting and quite topical over the last the last while um with a very changing property world we, we're, again the covid years probably um pushed us into a, a world where we needed to embrace your zoom technology your online auction maybe technology your your digital uh, marketing side of things with um floor plans and 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 aerial photos and so so that the world of property in ireland has changed and and is whether it likes it or not now you know in a space where where digital technology is very important to the industry so i think the school leavers or the apprenticeship leavers need to have awareness of that and, and hopefully be drivers of that as well because they're going in four days a week to their office. They're learning about different things that maybe that company they work with doesn't currently have or know about or use. And we'd like to think that they are, you know, a source of knowledge for the employers as well. That it's it's that 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 should be a big part of it. They're coming out with with benefits maybe that that employer doesn't have, and um and hopefully taking on some of what they what they offer up as uh, as as um maybe words of wisdom from the course. Um, Patrick, that's fantastic. I love, uh, you know, I, I love that idea of almost cross mentoring. So you've got people coming in and they're indeed being mentored by seasoned professionals four days a week um, when they're not on their courses, but that they are in in return, actually maybe updating those, uh, their their employer um, on new trends that they're learning about through their course. So I love that idea of reverse mentoring. It's incredibly important. And look, I I. I really echo your call and I hope that the apprentices coming out are empowered um, not just to to know what uh, technologies are emerging, but actually to, you know, empowered to challenge what they see when they come out. Because sometimes yeah. fresh perspective is exactly what we need to maybe shine a light on some inefficiencies or deficits in our business model or in how and how we deliver services. So actually, I can see a massive role 
for uh, the new cohort of um of talent to actually be drivers of innovation. So it's a really important one. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. And hopefully in 2024, we're going to be touching base with you again. And hopefully we'll get to interview some of the recent apprentices about their journey and maybe their expectations and their ambitions for the marketplace. So um, I'm very much looking forward to that. So my thanks again. That was Patrick Poland, director at I Am Sold Bidding Platform. My thanks as always to Katie Talon and to the production team at Hear Me Roar Media. And huge thanks to our show sponsor, DAF.ie, Ireland's most visited property website. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Property Roundup. In the meantime, please be sure to check out all of the other shows, um, real estate and construction shows on iProperty Radio.